Hello and welcome to the Incredible Witness podcast. Today's episode is titled, Violence is Just Part of the Job. I'm sure you would agree that there are many things that are wrong with what is happening in the world today. Although whether we would arrive at a consensus concerning our concerns and what needs to happen to put it right is highly debatable and very probably unlikely. However, in the world of social work, with regard to what's been happening, it seems for as long as social work has has existed, it might just be the case that there is an issue that people feel sufficiently strongly about as to reach an agreement in connection with it and the sentiment it evokes. What am I referring to? Yep, you guessed it. I'm talking about physical violence, intimidation, the threat of violence, verbal abuse, harassment and victimisation directed at or towards social care workers. This is a serious issue that is so pervasive in social work that you will really find a social worker who has not been affected by it, either personally subjected to it or witnessed a a colleague being subjected to it. I think it is fair to say that social workers, by and large, are a passionate group of people who hold strong feelings in connection with many matters. However, this matter is an issue which is pretty pretty much close to the top of the list of of matters that social workers feel most aggrieved about, making it a matter they recognise urgently needs to be changed. As social workers, we are all very much aware that we are often working with parents and family members who have faced their own adverse experiences in life and may be very protective, particularly of their children or vulnerable people in their family. We recognise that families can feel very threatened by the involvement of social workers in their family life, and that this can arouse strong feelings of anger, resentment, frustration, and a sense of injustice as a result. In some cases, though, the opposite is true. Many families are frustrated by the lack of appropriate service delivery and the hardship caused by it. However, in no circumstances does it give people the right to physically or verbally abuse social care staff. While social workers are by nature empathetic, this should neither be taken for granted or viewed as in any way colluding with heinous behaviour. Firm and consistent messages need to be provided, leading service users in no doubt about of the expectation that they will be held responsible for their actions and behaviour. For far too long this situation has been allowed to fester and take root, such that family members consider they have the right to abuse health and social care workers who are doing their best to meet the needs of the most vulnerable within our communities. And this abusive behaviour is further fuelled by the predominantly negative messages painted by the media and some politicians. At the time of composing this podcast episode, I conducted a poll asking social workers on LinkedIn to vote on a question. The question posed participants have been asked to to vote on is this. To what extent do you accept or tolerate the risk of violence as being part of of the social work job? Social workers have three or four possible choices to vote for as follows. A. I do not tolerate it at all. B. I accept or tolerate it fully. C. I partially tolerate it. And D. Another other response. The poll is due to last for a week and has now a further day to go before it closes. Currently, out of 219 participants, 63%, which which represents 138 people, 
Almost exclusively social workers have voted for A. Seven people voted for B, which, re- which represents 3% of those who have currently voted. 64 people, which represents 29% of participants, have voted for C. And 5% of people, which translates to 10 people, have voted for D. Of course, the poll still has a day to go, but I anticipate that A will very likely be the clear winner, demonstrating that for most social workers, um, they feel very strongly that violence and the threat of violence should not be tolerated in any way. Whilst doing some research on this topic, I came across some quite shocking statistical information. In an article titled, Just Part of the Job, Violence, Aggression and Burnout in the Care Industry, the Lone Working Platform SafePoint, together with the support of the Care Workers Charity, shared that in the UK, a social care worker is attacked every 30 minutes. This statistic sheds a clear light on the prevalence or scale of the problem. Furthermore, according to a 12-month survey by Community Care, a figure as high as 85% of social workers experience assault, harassment or verbal abuse. Assaults on health and social care workers can include the following. Aggressive behaviour such as kicking, hair pulling, biting, hitting, spitting, as well as being hit by objects being wielded or thrown at them. Threats and abuse based upon gender and race, have also featured heavily in the experience of care workers. This is significant because residential care staff have been, ad- have been identified as the group of workers most likely to experience abuse, and a very high proportion of these care workers are made up from the, from the female gender and the black communities. In a study by Unison in 2022, it found that excessive pressures, high workloads and stress levels together with staff shortages were resulting in many workers facing the threat of violence, not just to them, not just to them but to their families also. Social workers described it being pushed and, and grabbed, receiving both threats that their houses would be burnt down and that they would also be killed. In other research carried out by Baswa, Northern Ireland, in 2018, the study found that 86%, almost 9 out of 10, social workers experienced intimidation. 75% had received threats of threats, and 50% had been subjected to physical assault. The study also highlighted that 9 out of 10 social workers expressed feeling at personal risk, at least some of the time, and 20% shared they felt unsafe, often and nearly all of the time whilst at work. Despite living with the anxiety and stress of regularly feeling unsafe, many social workers didn't report incidents of abuse to the authorities. Information from Willis Palmer, an independent organisation well known for undertaking assessments and social work services, revealed that many social workers, 66% of those who did not report incidents of violence to the police or their employers, did so because they had formed the opinion that abuse was just part of the job. A point well argued by Willis Palmer's Palmer's head of practice, Lucy Hopkins, was that even police attend properties in piers, having radios with panic buttons and armed with batons and tasers. They also wear protective clothing. Social workers, though, routinely attend visits on their own, walking into risky and dangerous situations 
unprotected and without the required backup or support needed to keep them safe. The only equipment they have which is capable of offering some, some limited means of support is their mobile phone. When you consider the difference between what police work entails with families and what social work entails, the contrast between the lack of protection offered to social workers is all the more stark. The police's involvement with families is brief in that their work with families tends to be far more cut and dry. They get in, do their investigation or whatever they have to do and then leave. There's no ongoing work required, requiring them to attempt to build any type of relationship with the family or spend lengthy periods of time with them. They don't have to concern themselves with the aftermath of their, of their visit and actions. Social workers, on the other hand, have to have to do ongoing work with the family, invariably during the family undergoing a crisis or stressful circumstances. This places them frequently in difficult and threatening situations, situations that are not well equipped or prepared to manage, leaving them exposed to risky and highly stressful environments. Some 50% of the social workers in the Willis Palmer survey stated that they had never received any training focused on how to deal with violent individuals or circumstances. In a survey by the office group, health and social care was rated as the most stressful industry to work in. In another article by Barbara Harris and Phil Leather, which focused on the consequences of exposure to violence, they found that levels of client violence varied across different areas of social care work. Residential care, residential social care workers, as mentioned earlier, from a sample of 363 staff members, are considered to be the most at risk of being subjected to violence. The information they collated demonstrated that as, ex that as exposure to violence increased, job satisfaction decreased and the complaints of stress symptoms rose also. Fear or, or feeling vulnerable was found to be a significant consequence of client violence. Reports of increased stress symptoms translates to greater levels of sickness and staff shortages, shortages, which in turn can result not only in further anger and frustration by some desperate service users, but also frustration and criticism from professionals from other agencies, all of which further exacerbates the problems faced by social care workers. It seems imperative that as a profession, as, as a profession social care fully begins to address the issue of violence in all its ugly and damaging features. If it is the hope to provide anything like a reasonable service to vulnerable clients and act to stop the rot of losing social care staff, for all sorts of reasons of which violence and the threat of it has to be a highly influential factor. Strenuous efforts by all social care agencies should be made to encourage workers to prioritise reporting all, all forms of abuse to their employers and the police. The collation of data involving any and all types of abuse, violence or threat needs to be continuously recorded. Once a complaint or report is lodged, employers need to demonstrate that adequate action is being taken so that employees feel confident that their experiences and concerns are being taken seriously. All social care staff should receive training in how to deal with violent clients and violent situations. This should be part of their induction process and involve follow-up or ongoing training. 
More thought. Preparation and planning needs to be invested into how workers can be protected and kept safe from violence. Serious consideration should be given to the question of whether social workers should ever be attending family addresses which are are well known to be hostile on their own and particularly when a child needs to be moved due to a court order. Women or female members of staff on their own should not be visiting service users who are known to exhibit sexist abuse, sexist-based abusive behaviour. Black members of staff similarly should not be visiting service users who are renowned for displaying covert or over-racist behaviour. Self-care has always been incumbent on the individual to ensure their, their safety and well-being, but I really think the time has come for employers and wider society to assume a far greater role or commitment to keeping social care workers safe. The suggestions mentioned above are far from exhaustive. They are, are, though, the thoughts or ideas which which spring readily to my mind. Thank you for listening. Until next time.